Ladies ABC. Welcome to the ABC podcast on Blog Talk Radio, where I take modern dating and I disembowel it for your entertainment. My call-in number is area code 563-999-3596. That's 563-999-3596. I'll be taking phone calls for the two hours that I'm here today on Saturday. I usually do two hours on Saturdays and an hour during the week, every day during the week, 11 to 12 Pacific, just so you know. You know, today I want to talk about last, I think it was last Tuesday or Wednesday's show. I talked about women who ruin good men. And I kind of want to expound on that today. Excuse me. I kind of want to expound on that today. Because I don't think enough attention is being paid to this. And it's it's the cause of the demise of a lot of relationships and marriages. Women just ruin good men. Women, you do. You ruin good men. Now, you may talk about men that ruin good women, abusers and alcoholics. Okay, good. Point stipulated. You got that, right? But even women that aren't abusers, like most women that do ruin good men are abusers. We get that, right? They're ver- They're more verbally abusive. Harvard did a study that's years ago that said 70% of um, reciprocated domestic violence has been in, was initiated by women. Um, there's almost parity in domestic violence situations as far as men, between men and women. So, you know, domestic violence, is, so we get it. There, there are violence. There are violent, abusive women out there. But there are also women out there who just by nature of their character and just by nature of things that either they know or that they don't know, they end up ruining good men. Used a lot of times unintentionally, but this, but it's a thing that we can stave off. Now we get it. There's not, there's not too much we can do about abusers, but women who unintentionally ruin good men. This is probably going to be your show for you. Now I'm going to say something that I'm going to say some things that you may not like, some things that may hit you in the heart. But I promise you, if you internalize some of this stuff and then use it. For your for your education and betterment, then then you know you can go about turning yourself around and not ruin not unintentionally ruining ruining a good man that you may find yourself with. So I'm going to do that today. I'm also going to go through some I I'm going to go through some Match.com profiles and give you the good, the bad, and ugly because I dedicated a lot to plenty of fish. I did, and I want to see. If there's normal people out there, so I went and I went and signed up for Match.com for some content, and we're going to see what's out there on Match, and then see if it's pretty much the same thing there too, or if it, if it's you know if if there's a different quality of person on Match.com. So that's going to come in the second hour, in the last half hour, 45 minutes or so of the show. So we'll do that. Like I said, I'll be taking phone calls. If you don't you don't feel like calling it in, you just feel like listening, cool. Because it's going to be pretty much a monologue anyway. It's just I interrupt the monologue for phone calls if they come in. That's how I run that. That's what we're going to do today. But first, I got a couple of things I want to say. Number one, and again, I turned, away, I turned the show away from politics. I did it for a reason. But this time, this what I'm going to talk about is not really – political per se, but it's just something that I need it's just something that I need to get off my chest. Yesterday I put up a yesterday I put up a Facebook status and I said that I made my first TikTok video. And I did. I made a TikTok video and I put it I made two TikTok videos actually. So I got my first two TikTok videos up. I don't know how how often I'm gonna be posting to TikTok, 
But if I just have like a little one minute blurb, then I'll post it to TikTok. Anything longer? Because I've made a long video for TikTok. It really didn't feel right. I think I should save those for Rumble. But um, it's cool, it's cool because I have Rumble as a fallback just in case TikTok decides to do the Chinese Communist Party thing and take me off for, for my views, which I don't do politics, but I do a lot of things that are pro-men. So, again, pro-men, anything pro-men or anything in that realm gets looked at quite harshly by the overlords of TikTok. I get that. So, you know, I'm ready for whatever may happen. But anyway, back to, back to what I want to talk about. I posted that status, and a lot of people on my Facebook friends list took umbrage with that. And they're telling me that what a horrible idea that was because now somehow the Chinese Communist Party knows, knows more about me now. And I find that kind of odd because if I'm worried about what the Chinese Communist Party, first of all, is there nothing out there right now that the Chinese Communist Party can learn about me that other people don't already know? Because... All my Facebook statuses are set to public. There's not too many statuses I set to private. Some are just people on my friends list only. There's very few of those. Most of the things I say, I set to public because I stand behind the things that I post. I do. And my post is open to scrutiny for everybody to see. So if somebody comes that's not on my friends list and sees my post and wants to say something about it, then they can and if I if it's a thing where I have to defend what I say because I stand behind it, then I will. I'm not scared of that. So I stand behind everything I say, stand behind everything that I post. Therefore, everything I post, I leave on public. So even if I didn't post anything on TikTok, the Chinese Communist Party could just get on Facebook, go to my profile, and see what I have. They'll see what I have there. It's not it's not really rocket science. The next thing, are they worried about somebody getting my public records? Well, they're public records. You can request public records from anywhere, right? You can even FOIA government for government information. So I'm not worried. Why would I be worried about the Chinese Communist Party perusing my criminal record because I don't have one, perusing my driving record because I only had like maybe four tickets in my entire driving life going back to when I was 16, perusing anything perusing my, my political record. Everybody knows I ran for office twice and lost. What do you want, my vote count? You can get my vote count from the, um, from the Washington State uh, voting controller's logs. That's public information. So what am I scared? What would I be scared of? That the Communist Party, that the Chinese Communist Party could learn about me that could ruin my life. I, I don't understand. They're not... It's not like they could do anything to get me kicked off of uh, Blog Talk Radio. And even if they did do something to get me kicked off of Blog Talk Radio, I have SoundCloud. And even if I didn't have SoundCloud, I have my own website on Wix. It's like, what What are they going to spend all of their time trying to deplatform me? Who am I? I'm a little fish in a big pond. I'm one of zillions of podcasters out there. All I'm doing is I'm taking a message of hope in hope in romantic reality, and I'm putting it out there. So what are what would they be that concerned with me for? They're not going to stop my run for president because I'm not running for president. So what? Why would I be scared of anything they can learn about me? Because literally anybody could learn 
things that the Chinese, the same things, anybody can learn the same things about me that the Chinese Communist Party can, even posting the TikTok. So I don't get it. The next thing I want to say about that is this. If you're going to come criticize me about posting a video on TikTok, that's fine. However, when I go through, when I go over your wall, I marvel about how many of your status updates and your political statements are set to public. But you're coming to criticize me about what the Chinese Communist Party can learn from me putting something on TikTok. See, this is the thing, again, this is why I put Fox News down, because Fox News fosters this kind of thought. And some saying so comes at the risk of me sounding like a leftist, and that's fine. But there's just that mentality, there's just that mentality that runs through a subset of Fox News viewers. And I get why I get why some people say about people who watch Fox News. I get why they say what they say about them. I, I do. I get it. That's all I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say about that. Don't try to don't come criticize me about posting something to TikTok, and you have you have stuff all over your Facebook walls set to public that anybody can see, including the Chinese Communist Party. Even not even being um, not even being signed up with Facebook. You can still see it if you go and not be a member. You see it because of the globe is set. It's set to public. The Bible says in the book of Romans, judge not lest ye be judged. And that which ye judge shall be meted against you. It's not, ver- it's not verbatim, but that's, that's basically what it says. Don't judge people unless you're ready to be judged. Because the thing that the very thing that you use to judge, the very measure that you use to judge people, will be used against you. Jesus said, thou hypocrite, remove the beam from your own eye before thou seeks to remove the moat from thy brother's eye. Look at your own timeline on all the things that you post on public before you come try to talk to me about what I put on TikTok. That's all I got to say about that. The next thing, um, so I put up a status on Facebook, and it's an open invitation to anybody who, anybody who wants to submit to me a statement that I can read on this show. And I said, if you if you if you want to make a statement, you can post, you can send it to me in a message, and I will read it on the show. Now you can give me permission not to use your name, and I will or won't depending on that permission. But I said, if you want me to read that statement on here, just send it to me in a message, and I'll read it. Because a lot of things have, things, a lot of people have things to say about things that are going on in the modern dating world. I get that, and I just want to kind, of, I kind of want to get their voice out there, because sometimes they are the unheard ones, right? They are the ones that want to say something or they do say something and nobody listens. So I want to be kind of the one that amplifies that, amplifies that message. They they generate it, I amplify it. That's how that's how I want that to roll. Well, underneath underneath that status, um, one of my listeners and I'm not gonna use his name because he didn't give me express permission to do so, but he is a listener and he he responded to the message. And what he responded to that message is gold. And I'm gonna read it. So this listener wrote this as a as a response to the thing. He says, "There's a wide gap going between the sexes in America, as some are stuck in the pattern of ever learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. 
as the Lord calls them. They fall into the pit of divorce, along with those seeking after money who forget no amount of success can compensate for failure in the home. Our society has pitted us against each other as, as the cost of living demands a certain, a certain income to be, quote-unquote, normal. If you don't have a home in your 40s and 50s, there must be something wrong with you, right? Never mind the greedy people who drove up the cost of living or hoarded housing for their portfolios against the Lord's commandments. Seek not for, seek not for riches except to help others. And all thy getting, seek for wisdom and understanding. For example, I've come across several successful businesswomen, businesswomen, and you know what I discovered they all have in common? They're all single. And it is much harder, harder to find a sweet, submissive wife if she is a CEO. That's very true. Hard to tell who wears the pants in a family, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's gold. That's full. That's chock full of wisdom right there, um, because people have lost people. Modern people, especially modern women, have lost their way, and I, be, I do believe that is because modern women just weren't brought up with that with that biblical level knowledge. Maybe not exactly the biblical knowledge, but that biblical level knowledge, where the wisdom of seeking knowledge before riches takes hold, and you live your life learning what you can instead of earning what you can. And people need to come back to a sense of who earns what and who supports who. Because God wasn't, when God created Adam and Eve, he wasn't worried about Eve doing the same work as Adam. Because if that were true, God would have told Eve to who tend the garden with Adam. But that's not what Eve told him. Eve told him to be a help, meet for Adam. Adam was going to do the work. Eve was there to be, a, be in the support role. And a lot of women have lost that way. They've, they've become, they wanted to take Adam's role as the keeper of the garden. And that's not, how, that's not how that was supposed to go. And because that happened, look at what's going on in the world today. And this is what he's saying. Now, because there are, because there are now more incomes being brought in and more money going into the pot, the government now sees fit. Actually, it's not even the government. It's, it's basically, it's the basic rules of economics. If you throw more money out, if you throw more money out there, prices will go up due to inflation anyway. Inflation started when, inflation is not government generated. Inflation started when women left the house to go to the workforce. That's when inflation started. Nobody wants to say that, but it's true. Inflation started when women went out to the workforce because more money was now out on the street and the prices of everything started going up because there were more there were more there was more money out on the street. I go back to my show way, way back when before I started talking about dating and I put up a show called an economics lesson for somebody from somebody who never took an economics class and I explained that whole thing. I explained the whole phenomenon. So now price of everything has gone up. The income bracket has, of what's considered normal has gone up and up and up and up. The poverty line has gone up, right? Takes now more money to even be, to even be considered under poverty. When this all could have been avoided, and it's still, you can still manage it, but the point of this is that, look, y'all have lost your way. 
and y'all need to get back to what has worked for millennia before women took on took on the feminist the whole feminist Rosie the Riveter thing and started going out into the workforce in mass and really screwed things up in in society. That's all that is. I thought that comment was gold and I told him that it was gold and I had to read that on the air. So there was that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break. When I come back, when I come back from this break, I'm going to open up some letters to letters to advice columnists. That's kind of a backdrop to what I'm going to, what my lecture is going to be. I'm going to examine some uh, I'm going to examine some letters to some advice columnists because one thing that one thing that you notice I've been doing lately was tearing apart the horrible advice that come from advice columnists and things like that. So I'm going to do that again, and I'm going to use it as proof of how women ruin good men. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that break. Hold on, let me get back into my studio because I walked out of the studio for for a little bit. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break, and when I come back, we're going to do that. You're listening to the ABC podcast on Blog Talk Radio. Hey, let's take a minute and meet Clark. Let's take a minute and meet Superman. Superman. Chief, believe me, you're in for a treat just as soon as Jimmy gets back here. Great Caesar's ghost. What's holding him up? You know I can't work without a good breakfast. Chief, Jimmy's bringing a box of Kellogg's sugar smacks. All the more reason for hurrying. Confounded, that boy knows I like those new sugar smacks. And he knows I do, too. That's a cinch. Well, here I am. Young man, if you spill those new sugar smacks, you're fired. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Well, I guess we all agree on sugar smacks. Right. Folks, don't wait. Get Kellogg's new sugar smacks. They're better than ever. Puffs of wheat, sugar toasted, and candy sweet. You bet. Just get Kellogg's Sugar Smacks, brand new. A Northwest Mountie, and he's been trailing this desperate character for three years. And I'm tired. Well, it's him or me. Uh-oh. He's got an aching head, an upset stomach, and an empty gun. What you need is some Alka-Seltzer. You know what they always say. Yeah, a Mountie always gets his man. Oh, no. I mean about Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Well. Down, 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 the stomach through. Round, 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 the system too. With Alka-Seltzer, they always say. Relief is just a swallow away. Bless that relief-giving Alka-Seltzer. For that headache and upset feeling, take Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Hi, kids. Look at some delicious magic with the extra good chocolate-flavored syrup, Bosco. Now watch. Take ice cream, spoon on extra rich, extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. There's the best chocolate flavor you ever tasted. More Bosco magic. Cake, ice cream, topped with extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. Try it. 
Bosco also makes milk chocolatey delicious. Tell Mom to get Bosco chocolate-flavored syrup for you. Sing out... I love Bosco, it's rich in chocolate tea. Chocolate-flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Oh, I love Bosco, that's the drink for me. I'm a spaceman. The moon and sun and all the stars are great big Tootsie Roll Pops. I'm a princess. Yes, my lord, it's a party tonight. We'll have Tootsie Roll Pops. All the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. And do you know why? Sure. Because one, there's good tasting hard candy outside. And two, there's a delicious center of Tootsie Roll inside. And three, only Tootsie Roll Pops are such fun to eat. That's why they're triple good. And don't forget Tootsie Roll Pops come in a party pack too. Ten Pops and assorted flavors. There's a game on the back that's lots of fun to do. All of the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. You'll love Tootsie Roll Pops. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden Fluffo. Yoo-hoo-hoo, I've got a Swiss cream sandwich for you. Crisp golden cookies and in between an extra thick. It's my pick. Filling of cream. Dessert time. Tea time. Don't miss Swiss. As the man around here, you can quote me on this. Yoo-hoo-hoo. It's Swiss cream sandwich for you, you, and you, a truly different cream sandwich. Swiss cream sandwich baked by Nabisco. The luscious, creamy fillings in a class by itself. No other like it. And these tempting vanilla cookies are so light they melt in your mouth. You, you, it's Swiss cream sandwich for you, you, and you, Swiss cream sandwich. Say, it's time for my favorite dance team, so let's look. Ah, a box of matches and a pack of old gold cigarettes. That's all you need, my friend. And you're enjoying the smoothest, mildest, tastiest cigarette ever created. A treat instead of a treatment. That's old gold cigarettes. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. To give you the cigarette that treats you better in every way. 
because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Good, huh? Yes, for a treat instead of a treatment. Get a pack or get a carton of old gold cigarettes. Right now, this is Dennis James reminding you to keep smoking old gold cigarettes. Thanks. Attention. To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the secret squadron and wear this official badge and have this secret decoder. Following each week's adventure, I'll send an important secret message and only secret squadron members who have decoders can decode them. Also, later I'll tell you the simple rules for joining the secret squadron, but you must promise to do as I do. Keep yourself healthy and mentally alert and drink Ovaltine every day. It's the official drink of the Secret Squadron. We Secret Squadron members know chocolate-flavored Ovaltine helps give us what we need for rocket power. Yes, just as a rocket adds thrust during takeoff, Ovaltine can add the kind of nourishment so important for rocket's power. We drink Ovaltine hot for breakfast. Mmm, good, too. And cold for lunch and between meal snacks. And hot again at bedtime to help keep us revved up with rocket power. Believe me, Ovaltine's got what it takes to help you be a leader in your gang. So drink instant Ovaltine every day. The Gemini Space Flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-G pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some Tang. This man just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, so frosty, it drives wives wicked. Every bar of new Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked. advice.com and again I've been kind of lazy on retroactively posting the links to my show notes and I really need to start doing I really need to get on the ball to start doing that especially all the free time I've had lately I don't there's there's really no there's really no excuse for that but I have this here um, advice this advice column and it's from elliadvice.com and 
I picked it because of the because of the headline. The headline grabbed me, and it was perfect, and it was perfect for this show. And hold on, let me uh, let me get this position here. Hold on, because I need to change a couple of things. I put this right here, and I need to move the mic like that, and that should be good. Now, so this action letter is actually an old old letter, and it's from June nineteenth, two thousand eight. And the headline is, no matter what he does, wife is unhappy. And here's the thing. Here's the thing with that. Let me just make sure everything is done perfect. Okay, cool. Here's the thing with that. I hear a lot. And what spurred me to do this kind of show anyway, what spurred me to flip this from the political, was hearing all of the men that I talked to in my Facebook circle and others, Complain, not complain. Well, yeah, they complain that no matter what they do, they can't. There's nothing. They, their wives just—it's just not enough for their wives because, or their girlfriends because their girlfriends are expecting something that they, maybe they're not able to deliver or they have to deliver yet or whatever. But they say no matter what they do, they is just not—it's just not flowing. And so um, I decided one of the things I wanted to do was take to the airwaves and set women on the right course. Now, I understand, I, I, I get it. Women don't like to be educated by men. They, they don't. However, when it comes to dealing with men, you better learn to be educated by men because there's no other way you're going to learn how to deal with men unless you're educated by men. A lot of you women out there are educated by your girlfriends who know nothing about men, which is why they're still single. So, again, this is why I say I don't take advice from single people. I don't take relationship advice from single people because they're not in a relationship. Likewise, I'm not going to take advice or take anything that a single woman has to say about men men, any kind of seriously because women just don't – they're not men. And they – Steve Harvey wrote that book, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, but women just don't think like men. You just can't. It's like saying you think like your dog. You just don't. This is why you have to go through dog food after dog food after dog food to figure out what it's, what your dog likes because, again, you're not that – you were never that dog. You're not that dog. You're never that dog. So you don't know what the dog wants. Likewise, with women, you're not men. You've never been men. So to listen to a bunch of women say what men want is patently ridiculous. So there's that. Now, on to today's conversation. No matter what he does, wife is unhappy. And it says, question, when my wife and when I, Ramsey used to learn how to speak. When my wife and I married, I was 30, she was 26. She complained that we got married too late, except, uh, too late to travel before having children. We've taken extended trips all over the world. We moved into the house of her dreams, making my commuting life a nightmare. During the wedding process, my parents expressed some unhappiness about her. I didn't stand up I didn't stand up for her and have expressed my great regret and remorse. But she still takes issue with my family, wanting out wanting to cut them off. I didn't agree, but tried it and it was a disaster for them and me. Through the five through five years she's perpetually unhappy. Marriage counselors have agreed with me that the real problem is how we communicate and that she needs to let go of the past but she just switches counselors. She never acknowledges my efforts. Uh, ergo special birthdays, special birthday celebrations, 
uh, well, she did nothing for money. Everyone, including mutual friends, thinks she's selfish, self-absorbed, and bitter, without reason. Let me address that in a bit. I'll, also, I'll always care for her, and I'm terrified about this being over. Find needs help. And the answer, and the answer from Ellie is, Start by finding your spine and standing tall when you refuse to stand tall when you refuse to reject your family or discuss their past behavior, period. Instead, you're willing to discuss together how to create a workable plan for mutual happiness or a plan for going separate ways. If she's truly a bitter person, she needs personal therapy to figure out why. But she has to want to change. So far, she hasn't had to do so because you've bent over backwards to please her to your own discomfort, the house, and disloyalty of the family, or, and disloyalty the family. You fear ending it, but you should have greater fear of both of you living, un- living unhappily for years ahead. Insisting on a new plan one way or another may be the wake-up call she needs. If she rejects it, it's what you need. And my take on this is that's kind of solid advice. And again, I've You've heard the columns that I went through that had, that had pretty crappy advice. Ellie actually, she kind of nails it here. She nails it down, but she doesn't nail down the exact problem. Again, there was just some things that there was just some things that she refused to ask. And there's a lot there's a lot in the letter that she should have that she should have addressed and didn't. However, even in doing so, her advice was still kind of solid. She got she accurately she accurately nailed the read that the guy was a beta, and that. He's allowing her to control him. Here's the deal, and here's what this guy needs to hear. First of all, first of all, she's right. He needs to stop being a beta. All right, he's married. He needs to take charge. Now, again, yesterday I did this. Even on TikTok, I posted to TikTok. Women, when the man gets gives you access to that long-term relationship, when he says, "Yeah, you're the one I want to be with," and you two sit down and you decide to be together. Remember, that's his choice. That's not yours. Once you do that, women, the pace of the long-term relationship is on you. And when I posted, let me let me go off on this tangent for a little bit. When I posted that on TikTok, I got a I got a laugh response. Right, the one response that I did get, the one the one comment that I did get on the video was a laugh emoji, and I found that kind of odd because I was like, okay, somebody left me a laugh emoji. A woman, because I saw the I saw the, the username. The username definitely belonged to a woman, and she left a laugh emoji. And I found that odd, because when I tell women that they have the power in the relationship to either make it or break it, whether it lives or dies is on them, and whether it's good or bad, it's on them. So they have the power to dictate the pace and the temperature of the the face of temperature and the scope of the relationship. They have the power to do that. And then when I tell women that, there's a woman that came and left me a laugh emoji as if I'm saying something that somehow demeans women. And I found that odd. I'm like, how is it? Okay, I get it. You don't want to you don't want to leave a verbose comment because no matter what you say, it's going to make you look stupid. Like, you would either agree with me, which obviously you don't, and if you don't agree with me and say women don't have the power to do that, then you look stupid for um, for basically misogyny. So, again, I understand why you did that. But when I look at the profile, something that clicked in my head when I saw that she even left the comment to begin with, something that clicked in my head was confirmed and that she was a single mother. And I did, 
for some reason, single mothers, single mothers react to me, react to me and my content that way. I catch more help from single mothers than I catch from any other group. And I understand why. But again, that's going to be topic for another show. Back to this. So this guy, again, he's a beta and he needed to let his girl know what time it was as far as, yo, your control, you, the control of the tempo of the relationship is on you and this is how you're going to do it. But understand that, understand what type of, what type of woman he, he married because beta men often marry this type of woman and they complain about her when she is this type of woman. Look at what she does. She, during the wedding process, she, her and his parents got into it and she wanted to cut him off. That's a huge red flag right there. Any woman that wants you to cut you, wants to cut you off from your parents, wants that control over you and doesn't want to, doesn't want you to have a fallback. So any woman that wants you to cut, wants to cut you off from any of your family, they, women, you should be encouraging men to stay in touch with their family, not trying to cut them off. Because how would you feel if there's a man out there trying to cut his girlfriend off from his family? You would immediately call him an, an abuser. So why is it that this woman can do it and it's A-OK? But I get it. The man's a beta and she let him do it. Next, she complained that she got married too late to go traveling before she before they had children and even though they earned they went on, on trips all over the world he spent his money doing this and she still complained about it again this is the i'm not going to say the abusive nature of women but when women typically abuse it, it a lot of it falls along this line whereas you can spend and spend and spend and then again chris rock said it best you can buy her a diamond and the diamond is like this diamond is cloudy nah, nah, nah. You can screw with a diamond dick. I mean, it's, I mean, it's too cloudy. It was too good. And that's what that's what a lot of women take to doing. And again, men that men that come out of men that earn that much money, even mid card men who have to work serious overtime, taking time away from the family to earn the money to do that, and then you're going to turn around and they complain that oh, we didn't do it early enough, like lady. This is how you're ruining a good man. And it says, through the years, she's perpetually unhappy. Marriage counselors have agreed with me that the real problem is how we communicate and that she needs to let go of the past, but she just switches counselors. And that's another thing. The counselors didn't. Uh, the counselors agreed with him, and then she switched counselors. Now, let me uh, a point of personal privilege because I went, to, I myself went to marriage counseling, and I found myself switching counselors. But the reason why that and the reason why that happened was because. We, me and my ex-wife had gotten to a fight, and I forgot exactly what it was she did. I don't know if she took a swing at me. What I can't, I can't remember what, exactly what it was. This was decades ago, <laughs> and um, we, we were married. We knew each other for the last 10, 15 years. Anyway, long story short, we went to the counselor, and I told the counselor, I was like, yeah, the reason why we got into the last fight is because she did this, 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 and this, and that. And then the counselor was like, well, maybe you need to just understand her side of her side of the thing and where she's coming from. And so I looked at the counselor and I said, "Okay, if this were swapped and I did to her what she did to me, would you tell me to do the same? Would you tell her to do the same thing?" And she's like, "Would you tell her to do the same thing you just told me to do?" And she's like, and "The counselor's like, well, yeah, I guess you have a point." 
And then the next day I asked the switch counselors. Why? Because she had an obvious she had obvious implicit bias in the situation. And I can't do counselors with implicit bias. I just can't. Anybody who would make the statement that that counselor made and defend somebody who did what she did that's kind of abusive to a man, and then she takes her side and it tells me that I need to understand why she did that when if when the genders are flipped, she would never have told she would never have told my ex to do the things that she told me to do. Never. And that's why I switched counselors. I'm like, no, this woman, she's not good. And so I'm like, I, I'm requesting a new counselor. I can't do it with her. That's the only time I ask to switch counselors. It sounds like this woman here, anytime she finds somebody that doesn't toe her line, she, she wants them changed out. And that's another thing of control. Abusive controlling women want to be around people that affirm her and affirm her abuse. And if she comes across somebody that doesn't affirm her abuse, she just doesn't want to take, she just doesn't want to deal with it, which is why she keeps asking the, the switch counselors. So what this guy needs to do is he needs to make up his mind and figure out what camp he's in. A he's going to be A, he's gonna pick up his nuts, take his nuts out of the purse, stand up and tell her she'll either she's going to correct the ship or he's out, or he just doesn't need to tell her that, take his nuts out of the purse and leave. And I get it. I tell a lot of women not to divorce. I tell a lot of women not to divorce their husbands because, and except in cases like alcoholism and abuse, okay, I get that. But um, in addiction, yeah, I get that. But with things like this, maybe things like this, when, when women say they're unhappy, then I tell them to work it out with their husband, don't get divorced. And I'm telling this guy to get divorced and to work it out with his wife. Why do I do that? Because in, on the surface, it sounds like I'm being hypocritical or it sounds like I'm um, taking um, um, like red pill or speaking out of the manosphere or whatever. But there's a reason why I do it. And the reason why I do that is because a man who has been married and is unhappy he has a higher chance of finding happiness in a different relationship after divorce than a woman has of being happy in another relationship after a divorce. There's a huge disparity there. So in order to maximize everybody's happiness, you have to, you have to play according to the cards that you're, that you're dealt. When women get out there and they're older and they have this ex and they have these kids and they have the weight on them and stuff, there's literally nothing out there on the dating market for them. There's just not. Whereas there will be something in the dating market waiting for that man. It may seem unfair, but that's how the dating market is. Men gain sexual market value as the – and go back to my show yesterday when I talked about sexual market value. Men gain points in the sexual market as they get older because certain things happen. Women lose points in the sexual market because certain things happen. It sucks, but that's the way it is. And when I talk, when I tell guys in this particular situation, yo, you're better, you're probably better off just divorcing her, filing for divorce, and then finding somebody that's more willing to take care of you. The problem with this particular guy is that in his current mindset, he's not going to find somebody. He's only going to find angry, bitter, feminist type of women because he's a beta, and betas and feminists attract each other like magnets. They do. And once this guy flips his entire mindset, 
sees his value for what he is because this smacks this really smacks of and again past show I did where I read a column about a guy who got who got snookered by a, a Ukrainian bride because he felt like he won the lottery when he got this girl. And I made the comment that if he had if he had understood his value, he would have seen this girl not for what he looked at her as at the time, but what she really was, what which was just another just another face in the flock. It sounds like this guy suffered suffers the same affliction. A he's a beta. B he didn't see he saw this woman wanting to marry him and thought that he has won some kind of lottery instead of seeing the situation for what it really is. He just found another face in the flock that was just going to settle down with him. That's the actual situation here. And then when he got the when he he got around to marrying her and all the things were over, now he's finding out, even though he ignored the red flags earlier in the relationship, but he's finding out now that she's abusive, she's controlling, and now he wants to get out of the marriage. Okay, cool. You want to get out of the marriage? Get out of the marriage. But understand that Again, when you get out into the into the dating market and the sexual market value um, comes in, again, part of what's going to part of what's going to affect your score in the sexual market is your ability to provide and protect. And there's just no way you're going to be able to convince any woman worth her salt that you're able to provide and protect when you're a beta. It's just not going to happen. A woman that's worth a woman that's worth her salt wants a masculine man, a man that can take charge, a man that can provide, a man that can protect, a man that can dictate to his needs and his feelings, and not just kowtow to whatever she wants. Women don't want that. Women want a take charge kind of guy. Even if, and again, six figures is just a cherry on top of the ice cream. But even if a man doesn't make six figures, the fact that he's confident, he knows what he wants, he can articulate what he wants, he can get what he wants. And he can he can command what he wants out of a woman and have a woman actually comply. That's sexier than that six figures. The six figures is just the cherry on top, the cherry on top of the whipped cream on top of the ice cream. You you understand what I'm saying there? Women, if I'm wrong, let me know I'm wrong. But again, years of studying this, this is what I've come to learn. That's what's up. Again, Ellie, that was kind of solid advice, but it should have went us just a little bit deeper. And it would have been, it would have been, the response would have been a hell of a lot better. Here's another one. Um, During 38 years, question, during 38 years of marriage, my husband has had affairs, but I never doubted his love and I love him. Let me get to that later. Um, Suddenly, he's decided to find himself, I mean, he's decided to find himself and doesn't know if he could be married anymore. He's recently taken up with a married woman with young kids. Okay. I'm devastated and feel I can't I can't go on without him. I've known no other love, nor do I want to. He refuses counseling, won't even talk to me, only this woman. Our five daughters and ten grandkids are also shattered over this pending abandonment. I don't know where to turn, heartbroken. Here's the answer. Answer, your husband has already found himself in an affair, one with little responsibility since the woman's married. He's played played fast and loose with his love for you, so it's time to value yourself higher. Go on strike. 
tell him to take his laundry and get his meals from this other woman since he's offering you nothing as a partner. Just picture her reaction when he walks in with a bundle of dirty clothes. Uh, until now, he's seen you as a selfish, he's seen you as self-effacing and accepting of anything he does. That can't last no matter how this turns out. So show him the confidence that you can carry on without him, even if you have to fake it. Get out more on your own. Join a community activity group. Make new friends. Take a course. Do not wallow in self-pity or spend all your time hashing over the story with your children. Be proactive and see a lawyer. We can't, quote-unquote, abandon you financially, so let him know the cost of his behavior. Again, there's a lot there that's, there's a lot there that's solid. There really is. Um, now, the angle at which Ellie came at her with the answer, I'm not too cool with. But then again, I understand Ellie is who she is, and that's the advice she gives. And that's the angle that she plays. And if the angle works for her, the angle works for her. I get it. The angle is just not my cup of tea. So let's go back over the letter, and let me tell you exactly what's going on here. Because, again, this is another woman that finds herself with a beta male. All right? And women, you literally have to make better choices than women. Like I say, vet, 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 vet them. And then after you vet them, you vet them some more. And there's nothing wrong with vetting them for a year. Men, you do this too. There's nothing wrong with vetting each other for a year to find out if this is truly a person that you want to be with or not. And, again, if it's a thing where – if it's a control power dynamic here, whether it be the men controlling the woman or the woman controlling the man, either you have to accept that for what it is or – my advice would be to find somebody that's more to your that's more to your liking or that that'll do more for you. Now let's go back over the question. Question during thirty eight years of marriage, that's the first thing. Now, thirty eight years of marriage. Assuming that they got married when they're thirty, they're sixty eight, they're they're almost in their seventies now. The advice I give women is still gonna be the advice I give women. Work it out with the man. However, if this this man would remember, I said if he's addicted, he's having affairs, or he's an alcoholic. Affairs is one of the deal breakers, right? So this woman has a choice. Oh, let me let me change position. This woman has a choice, and the choice is this: she can put up with his cheating. Choice number one: she can put up with it, shut up, and keep cooking his meals and um and doing his laundry. That's number one. Number two. She can tell him in an, in an attempt to turn him around, hey, I know what you're doing, and I know what you're doing with that other woman, which sounds like what, is what she's doing. I know what you're doing with that other woman, and she actually made the comment, tell her to do your laundry because I'm not going to do it anymore, which is, actually, which is actually kind of a good thing for her because she's making her, she's making her things known in the face of her husband sleeping with somebody else. The third thing is to is to divorce him and get back out there. Now, she divorces him, right? Well, let's say first, if she if she just does the thing, shuts up, and continues cooking his meal and doing his laundry, then she's going to have to resign herself that he's, for the fact that he's going to keep doing what he's doing because he's not exerting control over him over himself, which is a typical hallmark, hallmark of the beta male. She can continue to make her she can make continue to make her demands known. She hell, she can even take my advice, take him out to take him out to a dinner with steak and with a steak and a nice bottle of wine, 
get him good and tipsy, and then ask him what, ask him why he's sleeping with that woman, and if there's anything that that woman has that I don't, or what that woman is doing that I'm not, and in the face of somebody who's had an affair, an affair, I'm talking one, that's usually the route to take. Because that yields a book that's going to yield a ton of information that that's going to yield a ton of information that you can use to change yourself and stop that man from stop that man from having any further affairs. But it sounds like this guy's a beta male who's addicted to cheating. It says because she says that um, let's see, my husband has had affairs. So this is a guy who's addicted, who's serial, who's a serial cheater. He can't control his impulses because. He keeps doing it over and over again, and being the typical beta male that he is, he's shacking up now with a married woman who's going to do, who's going to come, give him the attention he wants, maybe do his laundry and things like that, and then bounce back to her husband, and he's cool with that, and he's cool with that because you're cool, this woman's cool, with the fact that he's doing it. So what she really needs to do is resign herself because she, she screwed up choosing. She did. She screwed up choosing the man to marry. And this is a consequence, ladies. This is a consequence that you suffer when you don't vet your husband the way you should vet, or when you don't vet your boyfriend or fiance the way you should before you get married, or even the way you vet somebody that you're dating before you even decide to be their girlfriend or the fiance. This is a consequence of that. You're gonna be you're gonna be stuck after you get married with somebody who's an alcoholic, who has serial affairs, or is addicted to some kind of drug that you didn't even know. So that's a consequence. If you don't want that to happen to you, then you need to do the prudential thing. You really do. She didn't choose wisely. There's, that's, that's evident, right? So what she has to do now, being advanced age and looking at the dawn, dusk of her, looking at the dusk of her life, she needs to resign her fact that she's probably too old to be in the, be in the market and that she, um, oh, family, you know, coming to the studio. Um, so she's going to have to resign herself to the fact that she's going to be alone and just to reach out as much to her grandchildren and have them come around and keep her company as much. Again, nothing wrong, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being able, with getting out and going into the community and finding things, some community activities, some senior activities, so that you're around people, that she's around people that can support her and be there for her. But as far as anything else romantic, she kind of screwed that up when she didn't do her vetting the way she should have done her vetting. That's just that's just how this is. That's just what happened. So her husband, again, she married a beta male. She He's doing the beta male thing, and she's having a hard time um, – She's having a hard time reconciling that with her situation, and that's literally what she needs to do. Now, uh, this other one, let's see. And that's not that's not women. You're ruining the good men. That that man was already. There's no way to ruin that man because that man is already screwed up. So you can't ruin something that's already screwed up. Um, let's see. Question: A close friend, close friend of my boyfriend has a new relationship with somebody who's constantly rude. The first time she came for dinner, she criticized the food and my cooking. She talks too much. I give her a chance to see if she changed but hasn't. Even her boyfriend tells her discreetly to stop talking so much. 
How could I put a lid on it without sinking to her level? We want our friend to be happy, but this one is getting on our nerves. Fine, bad choice. And the answer is, from Ellie, two choices for you and your boyfriend. One, see the friend on his own whenever possible, and only as a couple when you're in a larger group. Or two, see the newbie, see the newbie and insecure, as insecure and trying too hard, which calls on both of you to laugh off her criticisms, uh, gently change the topic, and when she acts on and generally show kindness to see if she settles down. None of that's going to work. What's going to work is, hey, you mind your own business. But in the absence of that, uh, tell your friend to tell your friend this would be this would be my advice to bad choice. Tell your friend's girlfriend. No, don't even tell your don't even deal with your friend's girlfriend because that's just how she's going to be. But inform your friend that she is the type that's going to ruin him if he continues with her. So he needs to see her for what she really is, which is again she's the kind that she's rude, she's loudmouth. That's not somebody he's going to want to bring around to family functions. It sounds like he does already, and it's embarrassing. It's not going to be somebody who he wants to marry because putting a ring on that finger is not going to make things any better. Having that, having that reproduced is not going to make things any better. And I always, and it's my contention, it will always be my contention, that children enhance current dynamics of a relationship. So if you're in a good relationship, it's going to, the child is going to make that good relationship great. If you're in a bad relationship, that child is going to make that bad relationship horrible. So, again, tell your friend and get rid of her before he makes any permanent mistakes. There's, it sounds like there's still time. So he, they, need to tell, they need to tell that friend to drop that girlfriend, point out everything she's doing and how she's going to ruin his life if he – if he does anything, if he does anything permanent. So that's that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take another break. When I come back, I'm going to read, I'm going to read a couple more letters. I'm going to have a spiel about women, how to avoid ruining, ruining a good man, because the last thing you want to do is have a good man, ruin him, and then end up on the market where you're literally rolling the dice. That's exactly what's gonna that's exactly what's gonna end up happening. You're gonna roll the dice on the dating on the dating market where you already had something, you already had a hand, you already had the bird in the hand, and you're gonna go for the two in the bush with a roll of the dice and it doesn't make sense. So I'm gonna take a break and then when I come back, we're gonna get into that. You're listening to the ABC podcast on Blog Talk Radio. Hey, let's take a minute and meet Clark Kent or a Superman. Chief, believe me, you're in for a treat just as soon as Jimmy gets back here. Great Caesar's ghost, what's holding him up? You know I can't work without a good breakfast. Chief, Jimmy's bringing a box of Kellogg's sugar smacks. All the more reason for hurrying. Confounded, that boy knows I like those new sugar smacks. And he knows I do, too. And that's a cinch. Well, here I am. Young man, if you spill those new sugar smacks, you're fired. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Well, I guess we all agree on sugar smacks. Right. Folks, don't wait. Get Kellogg's new sugar smacks. They're better than ever. Puffs of wheat, sugar toasted, and candy sweet. You bet. Just get Kellogg's sugar smacks, brand new. 
a Northwest Mountie, and he's been trailing this desperate character for three years. And I'm tired. Well, it's him or me. Uh-oh. He's got an aching head, an upset stomach, and an empty gun. What you need is some Alka-Seltzer. You know what they always say. Yeah, a Mountie always gets his man. Oh, no. I mean about Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Well. Down, 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 the stomach through. Round, 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 the system too. With Alka-Seltzer, they always say, relief is just a swallow away. Bless that relief-giving Alka-Seltzer. For that headache and upset feeling, take Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Hi, kids. Look at some delicious magic with the extra good chocolate-flavored syrup, Bosco. Now watch. Take ice cream, spoon on extra rich, extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. There's the best chocolate flavor you ever tasted. More Bosco magic. Cake, ice cream, topped with extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. Try it. Bosco also makes milk chocolatey delicious. Tell mom to get Bosco chocolate-flavored syrup for you. Sing out, I love Bosco, it's rich in chocolatey. Chocolate-flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Oh, I love Bosco, that's the drink for me. I'm a spaceman. The moon and sun and all the stars are great big tootsie roll pops. I'm a princess. Yes, my lord, it's a party tonight. We'll have tootsie roll pops. All the kids in the neighborhood say tootsie roll pops are triple good. Triple good. And do you know why? Sure. Because one, there's good tasting hard candy outside. And two, there's a delicious center of Tootsie Roll inside. And three, only Tootsie Roll Pops is such fun to eat. That's why they're triple good. And don't forget Tootsie Roll Pops come in a party pack too. Ten Pops and assorted flavors. There's a game on the back that's lots of fun to do. All of the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. You'll love Tootsie Roll Pops. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden Fluffo. Yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo, 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 yoo-hoo
got a Swiss cream sandwich for you. Crisp golden cookies and in between an extra thick. It's my pick. Filling of cream. Dessert time. Tea time. Don't miss Swiss. As the man around here, you can quote me on this. Yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. It's Swiss cream sandwich for yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. And yoo-hoo-hoo, too-hoo. A truly different cream sandwich, Swiss cream sandwich, baked by Nabisco. The luscious, creamy fillings in a class by itself. No other like it. And these tempting vanilla cookies are so light, they melt in your mouth. Yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. It's Swiss cream sandwich. For yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. And yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. Swiss cream sandwich. Say, it's time for my favorite dance team, so let's look. Ah, a box of matches and a pack of old gold cigarettes. That's all you need, my friend. And you're enjoying the smoothest, mildest, tastiest cigarette ever created. A treat instead of a treatment. That's old gold cigarettes. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. To give you the cigarette that treats you better in every way. Because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Good, huh? Yes, for a treat instead of a treatment. Get a pack or get a carton of old gold cigarettes. Right now, this is Dennis James reminding you to keep smoking old gold cigarettes. Thanks. Attention. To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the secret squadron and wear this official badge and have this secret decoder. Following each week's adventure, I'll send an important secret message and only secret squadron members who have decoders can decode them. Also, later I'll tell you the simple rules for joining the secret squadron, but you must promise to do as I do. Keep yourself healthy and mentally alert and drink Ovaltine every day. It's the official drink of the Secret Squadron. We Secret Squadron members know chocolate-flavored Ovaltine helps give us what we need for rocket power. Yes, just as a rocket adds thrust during takeoff, Ovaltine can add the kind of nourishment so important for rocket power. We drink Ovaltine hot for breakfast. Mmm, good, too. And cold for lunch and between meal snacks. And hot again at bedtime to help keep us revved up with rocket power. Believe me, Ovaltine's got what it takes to help you be a leader in your gang. So drink instant Ovaltine every day. The Gemini Space Flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-G pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. 
Have a blast. Have some tang. This man just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, so frosty, it drives wives wicked. Every bar of new Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked. break let me let me tell you guys something about her i know i talked about her in the last few shows but see this is this is where i'm coming from when i give this advice because again she was when i met her a long 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 time ago again she was my ex she was my ex's best friend and there's a whole lot associated with that i get it i get it and i'll go over that story probably sometime down the road but um, that was my, you know, that was my like, best friend in high school and everything. And but I met, I met her in like oh three after they long graduated and things like that. Um, and you know we were all cool. And me and myself married. We were married for ten years and we were getting a divorce. And during the year between the time that me and my ex split to the time that me and my girlfriend got together. Now, I went to her shows because she's a performer. So I went to her shows out at the, uh, out at the Forest Theater. And, you know, we, and I saw her shows, and she was, you know, she did. She's a great, she's a great performer. She really is. If she decided to go Broadway, she, she'd go far, except for the fact that there's not really a Broadway sector in, C, in Seattle. There's just not. Seattle's not much for that kind of, Seattle's not big on that. Seattle's bigger on music and coffee than they are singing and dancing and shows and stuff. It's not like L.A. and New York and those things. They don't have a really big sector for that, for the theater. But when we got together, she was the kind of, when we agreed to get together, and she made the comments, I wasn't her type. She was she legit was looking for chance. She really was. The problem was, at, at her age, and with her having a body count of zero, um, and with her being slightly slightly overweight because when I met her she was she was about a thirty no she was about a thirty one. Somewhere somewhere about thirty one, thirty two, maybe thirty one. She's down to about thirty twenty nine thirty. And she she lost she lost a lot of weight. She did. She she decided to go on this kick where she wanted to lose weight. And I encourage that because if you you know if that's what you want to get healthy, that should absolutely be encouraged. And I encouraged her to do that and she did. She came down from about 31 to about 29. Yeah, about 29, 29, 30. It's remarkable. But again, she was looking. She was looking for Chad, and Chad at that time was overlooking her for other women. And it's a good thing too, because if she had gotten with Chad, Chad would have done her dirty. And this is before I knew anything about Chads and 
Reds and Stacys and Tyrones and anything. Just before I knew anything of that. Well, now that I'm in, now that I've dabbled into that realm of dating, I'm starting to understand now why, how it is, and why it is that she went through what she went through. Um, again, never really had a serious relationship. I mean, she's hung out with people and things like that. Body count is zero. Um, she's a performer. She's a she's kind of a music geek. That's one of the things I drew that appealed to me. Um, she's going through some things, but you know, and I helped her with it. But I found that we had this we had this compatibility on more than just a basic level. And so once we kind of realized that, then she stepped out of wanting to wanting to get with Chad and we ended up getting together and then five years later we're still happy and five years later she understands that if she were to get to call herself getting tired of me and wanting to go back out on the dating market she understands that at this stage of the game now probably wouldn't be anything for her because again is this going to be a bunch of people that overlooked her and I'm not saying that to be mean what I'm saying that when I'm why I'm saying that is because, you know, at 39 with a kid and that kind of thing, you're going to get overlooked. It, it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to get overlooked. And you're going to get overlooked by the person that you have your eye on. So that's why it behooves you. Like I wasn't Chad by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not Ty. I should even call myself Chad because Chad is a white guy. Tyrone. Tyrone's a black guy who gets all the women, right? So I wasn't a Tyrone. I used to be in the military. That's a different story. But now, now in this stage of my life, I wasn't a Tyrone by any stretch of the imagination. But she understood that and she, she, I wouldn't say she humbled herself. She was already humbled. But she realized that in her pursuit of Chad, she may, she may miss out on something. And when we finally got together and that whole thing, um, she put up a Facebook post that I still go back and I read to this day. And she said that She's something wonderful happened to her and she can't wait to see where this takes her. And you know, that's a testament to how she feels and everything and how we feel about each other. And this is why I can come here and tell you how because after all of the work that I did and on myself after me and my exploit, all the emotional heavy lifting and that I had to do to improve myself and my own mentality. It paid off to where I can literally be a really good man to this woman, and she can be and she can be a really good woman to me. So again, this is how I've come to accept and adopt the things that because again, a lot of it was a, a from Dr. Laura. Again, I read all her books, but then again, I've listened to other people like your Kevin Samuel. I watch things like Fresh and Fit and whatever, and you may have your disagreements with Fresh and Fit and whatever podcasts, and that's fine. But they do a lot of they do a lot of God's work in exposing the mentality of people, men and women, and a lot of the purple pill, black pill movement have a lot of solid points. Do I agree with everything they say? No, I don't. However, they do they do have a lot of rock solid points. So I learned how to adopt the solid points that they have from every piece. In every piece, learn to put it together, and then the and then um, piece together the puzzle of what's really going on out there. 
and it's only helped me. And it's now I'm able to put together the advice that I put together for people. And again, the advice that I give is geared at helping you improve your improve your romantic reality so that it's in tip top shape. I'm not here to crap on men. I'm not here to crap on women. I'm not here to crap on modern women. I'm not here to crap on beta men. That's not my job. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Again, fresh and fit and whatever are good for doing that. They take, they get these OnlyFans models and they crap all over them. I get that. That's their stick. If that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. A lot of a lot of times they're they're trying to educate them, but they you may agree or not agree with how they do things. That's fine. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to give you the tools you need to keep your relationship in tip-top shape so you don't have to worry about going back into the dating market where there may or may not be, depends on the roll of the dice, something for you. You don't need your rolling dice after you leave a good person. You don't need to do that. So this is, that's, this is why I'm here. So I don't know why I don't know why why it was on my heart to say that, but it was, it just was. I, I feel like well, somebody out there listening to this needed to hear that. Now, I pulled up a thing from Slate, and I get it Slate, right? But dear Prudence has actually. Hold on, let me let let me let me let my cat out because my cat wants to. Okay, he's out. So my cat comes in the studio. I close the door. Then my cat walks out of the studio. I have to open the door. So again, here's dear Prudence. And Dear Prudence has this letter, and it says, Help, I'm divorcing my husband over an insane stunt he pulled at our wedding. Now, ladies, this is another thing. You hold on to the dumbest things, and I, I get it. You legit feel slighted because of something that happens. I get it all the time. But legit, it's like the dumbest. They're the dumbest things. And when you look back on it after you've taken whatever drastic action you take, and you realize that the drastic action you took was a big mistake, then you look on why you took that drastic action, the, the, the whole incipience of it, and you find out it's the dumbest, it was the dumbest thing ever. And because you, because you took drastic action over something so stupid, you wound up ruining your life, wound up ruining the rest of your life, your future. All right? So, again, step back. Step back and analyze what happened. Analyze the source of your angst. But Anyway, let me get into this later because I may not pass a judgment on. Hold on. Dang it. Okay, there we go. Why? Oh, there it is. <laughs> so, my mouse is tripping again. Dear Prudence, I got married just before Christmas and I'm hoping to be divorced or annulled by the end of January. Wow. A month. Okay. Let's see. Obviously, that wasn't a plan originally, but I never cared about getting married, but I wasn't opposed to it. Bad, terrible mentality to go into the marriage. But let me read this. Uh, so when my boyfriend proposed in 2020, we decided to go for it. We each took on about half the responsibility for organizing the wedding. But I think it was pretty. Excuse me. But I think I was pretty reasonable about compromise when he really wanted something. My only hard and fast rule was that he would not rub cake in my face at the reception. That's dumb, but let's keep going. Being a reasonable man who knows me well, he did it. Instead, he grabbed me by the back of the head and shoved my head down into it. It was planned since the cake was destroyed and he had a bunch of cupcakes as the backup. That's not, not always true, but let's keep going. I left. The next day, I told him we were done. I'm standing by that. 
The thing is that over the holidays, everyone has gotten together to tell me that I should give them a second chance, that I am overreacting because of my issues. I am very claustrophobic after a car accident years ago and absolutely panicked about being shoved into a cake and held there. Okay, well, let me address that later. Uh, that I love him, even though right now I don't feel that at all. He loves me, and that means not giving up at the first hurdle. I don't want to, but everybody is so united and confident in their assurance that I am making a terrible mistake that I wonder if they are right. Fine, give him till February. Dear till February, everyone's sure that you're making a mistake, but they're not the ones who have to wake up every day with a man whose behavior massively turns them off. You are. So you only have to listen to yourself. I think that what he did was a red flag about not respecting you and your wishes to say nothing of the physical aggression, but even if he wasn't, the fact that you really didn't like it is enough. Make a mental note about which of your loved ones don't seem to value your happiness and continue with your divorce. Prudence, terrible advice. Terrible. This is what I'm talking about. Place a feminist magazine and as, as place a feminist publication, and as feminist publication goes, this is par for the course. This is why I tell people to leave the feminist publications alone if you want your relationships to last. Because this advice is indicative of the advice that a lot of feminist publications give. It's horrible advice. Let me tell you why. Well, first, let's get back to the letter. And let's analyze the letter. Because when you analyze the letter, you understand why this, why this feminist publication gives up such horrible advice. Now, it says, Dear Prudence, I got married before Christmas hoping to be divorced by or no by the end of January. Obviously, that wasn't the plan, but... I never cared about getting married. First of all, that's a terrible, terrible, terrible mentality you go into a marriage with, all right? So right there, she screwed up getting married. If she didn't want to be married, she should never have gotten married, despite what despite her and her boyfriend thinks. Again, she's going to blame the fact that she's in terrible marriage on her boyfriend instead of her choice to get married, despite not caring about being married. That's part of the thing of women being allergic, being deathly allergic to taking accountability for their actions. It's not that she didn't – it's not that he's pissed off at – well, part of it is she's pissed off at him for what he did, but the other part is she's throwing it off on him as if it's her his fault why she wants to get divorced when it's absolutely her fault she wants to get divorced because she never cared about being married in the first place and where that mentality crashes the plane. Well, let's keep going. Um, when my boyfriend proposed in 2020, we decided to go for it, which is dumb. You should have told him that, no, I really don't want to get married. I don't see myself getting married. And I'm sorry, and if it makes us break up, it makes us break up, but I just don't see myself being married. And then he has the choice of whether he wants to deal with you or not. So you kind of robbed him of that choice, which is, which is a big ding on the woman's part. Big ding. Let's see. Um, so my boyfriend proposed 2020. Let's go for it. We each took half the responsibility for organizing a wedding, but I was pretty reasonable about compromise. And when he really wanted something, Compromise when he really wanted something. My only hard and fast rule was that he would not rub cake in my face at the reception. If you're really hard about compromise, you would have been, well, you, he wanted to do it. You didn't. So, again, you, it's not a big – rubbing cake in your face at the reception is really not a big thing. My ex did it to me, and, again, Dad, there's, a twinge of, there's a twinge of anger, but was it humorous? Yes. Was it humor? Did the humor outweigh the embarrassment? Yes. Even when I go back, when I went back and looked at the video of it, I still, I still laughed at it. Why? Because it was funny. And um, it was just funny the way it happened. 
and the humor outweighed the embarrassment. So you really can't you can't blame him for I couldn't blame I couldn't I couldn't see myself being mad at my ex for doing that because the humor outweighed the embarrassment. So it was just funny. It was just funny. That's a, I'm sorry, I just wasn't mad at her because it was funny. I laughed. Man, I wish I could play that wish I had a video I could play that again. But then again I'd be promoting on the past. I'm in a new relationship, so that's that. Um, but yeah. Let's see, let's keep going. Besides being a reasonable man who knows me well, he did it and said he grabbed me by the back of my neck and shoved my head down into it. That's a bit melodramatic, all right? Because there is no way in there's no way in hell that he's gonna grab your head, push it into push it down into a cake and you not resist one bit. There's no there's just no way in hell. It's it's, it's not physically I'm not gonna say it's physically impossible, but the probability of him successfully pulling off something like that is almost nil. It, it just is. Let's see, I think you put your, your face down there and then he pushed it. But I don't think he grabbed you by the back of your neck and shoved you down. Not only that, the sheer the sheer level of the, the guests would just be appalled if he did something like that. And the reception wouldn't have went on. And then instead of saying that you should stay with him, everybody would be saying you need to divorce him because of what he did. Because that is a that's abusive. To grab somebody by the neck and push their head down into the cake, that's abusive. And I don't know if any of the guests would say stay with him after that. So no, I think you're being I think you I think you played that up for dramatic effect and that no, you I think your face was already down there and he pushed it in, but I don't think he grabbed your neck and shoved your face into the cake. That's no, that I do not believe that for one second. Let's see. You know, overreacting because of my issues, you're very claustrophobic after a car accident. Okay, here you are still wanting to be the victim. What does your car accident have to do with him with cake on your face? Nothing. But you want to com- you want to compare something. You want to compare the apples and oranges. You want to put the apples and the oranges in the same bag to evoke sympathy. It may have worked with prudence. That don't fly here. That don't fly on this show. No, the car accident has nothing to do. You just wanted to. You just wanted something to latch on because that car accident. You know, you can leverage that car accident for your narrative, and it just doesn't work. Let's see. No, I love him. And even though you don't feel that at all, you don't love him. That's that's for sure. Um, and he loves me, beta male. Uh, and that means nothing. And that means not giving up on the first hurdle. And literally, you don't. However, I think this guy is going to dodge a bullet if you do divorce him. Because if and I encourage this was one point. This is one point where I encourage a woman to file a divorce because she's going to be freeing that man from a life of from a life of unhappiness because she's always going to hold, it's not always going to be the cake. It's going to be something else. And she's going to leverage that car accident against him anytime she needs to manip- emotionally manipulate him, and he doesn't deserve that. He really doesn't. Later male or not, he doesn't deserve that. That's what she's doing because she's doing so in this letter. And if she's doing so in this letter, of course she's doing so in the relationship. Women, you have got to be better than that. You have got to learn that if you have a good man there, again, Destroying a good man. This is one of the things that destroys good men. When you leverage things in your past against him for emotional for emotional manipulation, 
and and you do it for the attention. I get it. You do it for the attention. That's the only reason why you do it. You don't do it because you have a genuine angst. You do it because it gets you attention and it gets you sympathy. And to play with your to play with any man's emotion to score some points. Like what what would you tell men who do that with their girlfriends? Yet it's okay for you to do it? I don't get that. Again, this is how you this is exactly how you ruin a good man. This is it. Trying to manipulate, trying to use something in your past to manipulate his emotions to get him to acquiesce to whatever it is you want him to acquiesce to. That's no way to treat a man. That's no way to treat anybody. I don't treat my dog that way, like seriously. And I would never, and my girlfriend would never, ever. And Prudence, you just missed that. You just took her side right away without even examining any of that. I get it. You're slate. You're a feminist magazine. You always your gynocentrism is your is your coin of the realm. I get that. However, in that you need to realize and you don't even need to realize because everybody here reading this letter and everybody here well, everybody who can read this letter and everybody who's hearing my voice read this letter understands what's going on. And the only people who don't understand what's going on are the people in her camp because they take her side, because they suffer from the same kind of delusional thinking. I agree with Prudence here. She needs to divorce him, but not because he's, not because it's a red flag. He did, he did something else, a red flag. He absolutely did not. The red flag here is the fact that she's, she's using her past for emotional manipulation. That's the red flag. That is a true red flag. If she divorces him, he's, she's going to be doing him a, good, a great favor because He's going to go out and find somebody a little younger, a little hotter, maybe a little thinner. That's going to treat him the way he needs to be treated. And she is going to get back out in the dating market, and there's going to be nothing for her. So, again, women, if you don't want to roll that dice on the dating market where there may or may not be mathematical arts that there aren't, that there isn't, but you can go ahead and roll those dice if you want to. You can go for those two in the bush, or you can see your bird. You can see your bird in the hand for what it is, and turn yourself around and be that kind, that sweet, that fit, friendly, and feminine girlfriend for him that he thought he was getting when he when he married you. Like I said in my TikTok video, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this around full circle. I talked about that TikTok video for a reason. Because, women, the power is in your court. A little story. Um, and then I'm going to get some profiles. A little story. So I played, when I'm back in my more serious gaming days, and I don't game much anymore, but except for, like, Fallout. But in my more serious gaming days, I used to play WWE, and I had, the, I had all, the, all the series – up until about WWE 2, I think it was like 2K9 or something like that, 2009 or something like that. That's how I played. But one thing I learned about the WWE is when I first played WWE, which was the original SmackDown, right? Came out in like 2000 or something like that for PlayStation. And that, when you get the... Before, when you played wrestling on Nintendo, you go and you you fly through the ranks, you beat the champion, after you beat the champion, the game is over, the credits roll, and then 
you hit start and you play another game. You start you start again, right? That's how that that's literally how that went. I think that's how the first iteration of SmackDown went, if I can remember correctly. I don't remember playing all the way through the all the way through that mode. But I remember playing an iteration of SmackDown where I won the championship. I won the championship. I expected the credits to roll. The credits rolled. But after the credits rolled, you went back into another season as a champion. And now you have to go through another season defending your belt. And that was weird to me. It was, it was exciting, but it was weird because I was expecting the game to end and for me to have to start over, and it didn't. Why did I say that? Why did I tell that story? Because women, this afflicts all. This afflicts a lot of you. When you when you are dating somebody and you like this guy and the guy likes you and you decide, okay, we're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, he proposed to me. I'm going to say yes because I like this guy and I want to marry him. And then, oh, the marriage is the wedding date is set for such and such, and then such and such comes around, and the the wedding ceremony happens, the reception happens. Maybe you go on a honeymoon, maybe you don't. But after the ceremony and the reception and you and all the guests depart, you expect the credits to roll, and that is the end of the game. But it's not. Just like the wrestling games that I played where I have to swear to start a new season, where I start where I continue with the same character in a new season, and I have to defend the belt through that next season, and then that next season, and then that next season, and, those, and the seasons didn't end. Women, marriage is the same way. The ceremony is not where the credit the, may roll in the ceremony, but there is a whole ass life after the ceremony. And in that life, after the ceremony, you have to keep the title. You have to do what you have to do to keep that marriage intact. And when I say on TikTok that women, you have the power to do that, you literally have the power to do that. And I suggest you don't do what the single mom who made that comment did and just laugh it off. It's serious. Women, you are more complex than men. Men are very linear when it comes to what they want out of a relationship. You are very complex. That means it's on you to make sure that you take care of this man. Because you take care of this man, this man is going to take care of you. If you love this man, this, man's, this man is going to love you. And sometimes all it takes is a compliment. Sometimes all it takes is a tiny bit of appreciation. See, a man will go and he'll do and he'll do and he'll do because he loves this woman and he'll never hear a compliment because he's expected to do it. He'll never feel appreciation because he's expected to do it. Women, get off of that. If he does something, appreciate it. You're not entitled to anything on this planet. You're not. Maybe you used to be back when, before the feminist movement, but you're not now. You're not entitled to a damn thing. So everything that happens, just like a Christian takes everything that happens as a blessing from God, take everything that that man does for you as a blessing from him and appreciate it. Compliment him for it. Compliment him for his efforts. Sometimes a compliment will go so far, so far. Man gets out there 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, and you can take that vacation. Tell him. Tell him how much you appreciate it. Tell him how much of a good man he is for spending those hours at the job so that he can provide you the vacation that you wanted. Thank him for it. Compliment him for it. Tell him what a good man he is for it. I guarantee you, your marriage will... There will be a spark lit and a flame lit within your marriage. And a lot of you women fall into this expecting your husband to do things. And they get mad when you're, you get mad when your husband expects you to do things like clean the house and 
make dinner and things like that. You got y'all get mad at or keep yourself in shape, go to the gym. Y'all get mad at that. But is he but is he supposed to balk because you expect him to work those extra overtime hours because you want that vacation or you want that or you want that dress or you want those shoes? So learn to look at your man for who he is and what he's doing and not what you expect him to do. Appreciate him, compliment him, and make sure you make his world. You're that port in his storm. I guarantee you. If your marriage is if your marriage is sagging, if you if you even start with those, that marriage is going to turn around within a week. I guarantee you. Let's get into some profiles. Um, now I'm on Match.com and here's Mary. She's 44 from Seattle. She's never been married. Be 44 and never married. Here's the thing. When you're 44 and you've never been married like that, the first question always, and either it's asked explicitly or, you know, you may think it, you wonder why. You just wonder why. Now, I'm not saying there's something wrong with her and the reason why she's not, she's not married. Maybe you just wonder why. Let's see, she's 5'6", she's curvy, which usually means she's a little heavier. And her bio, let me see if I can expand this a little bit. Here we go. All right. Her bio, I'm hoping to find someone to share my life with. And you know what? She's, yeah, she is a big, she's a bigger woman. I look at her pictures. Um, let me see if I can actually get into this part. Okay, so there's summary. Hang on, I need to expand. I'm hoping to find someone to share my life with. My Christian faith is extremely important to me. Um, so is the quality that matters. So that is the quality that matters most to me and a partner. I love to travel. I have a feeling she rejects a lot of guys because they're not Christians. But let's see. Christian faith is important, extremely important to me. So that quality of life matters most to me and a partner. I love to travel. Everybody loves to stop with the traveling. Stop. Again, say something unique. If you're gonna if you're gonna advertise yourself, please say something unique. Please, please just say something that makes a man want to click on the profile and not just, oh, I like to travel and take walks and, and my kids or my world and uh, let's see. And while I don't mind going solo, it would be much more fun to share adventures with someone special, i.e. have them pay for it. Let's see, I also love to sing, enjoy home decorating, cooking for others, cook for yourself too. No, let me stop. Um, and spending quality time with friends and family. I collect my cell phone sometimes. I shouldn't say the things that I say. I currently live in the Seattle area, but my family is in the Dallas area, so I would be willing to relocate there if I met the right person. Lady, Mary, if I may. I know you're not listening, but it is what it is. If I may. Let's see, three things that make a relationship great trust, share faith, and partnership mentality. This is probably why you're not getting dates because you're talking about partnership. At your age, you shouldn't be talking about partnership. Why? Because at your age, sorry, but you're a little older, you're a little heavier, you've never married, which that actually can be good depending on if you have kids or not out of wedlock. But um, again, you're older, you're a little heavier, so your your SMV really isn't where it should be to talk about partnership. Um Let's see, about them, never married, doesn't have kids, but you want kids. That's not going to happen because you're 44. Understand that. You have a bachelor's degree, which explains a hell of a lot. 
Um, Kirby, five foot six. You never smoke, you drink socially, and you're Christian. Yeah, your bachelor's degree screwed you. It did. Because now I understand what's going on. Mary here spent so much time chasing her bachelor degree and advancing her advancing in her career. Again, go back to that show. Go back to the show that I did about women, about I think it was a show that I did after Clouds and Panda Bears. But I warned women. I said, you have two tracks. You have a career track and a family track, and never to do shall meet. That message never made it to Mary when she started her when she started her education. She's got this bachelor's degree. She probably went far in her life, and she realized now that now that after the career advancement's done, her graduate degree is done. She's now 44. She's probably been again. She's never been married, so she has been single all her life. When she got out of school, she realized that it's a little bit late to be for anybody to take serious notice of her. The time to get this travel partner, this travel partner, man, was when you first got into school. But you went through school, you got your bachelor's degree, you went, you advanced in your career, and then by the time you're done with all of that, 38, 39, and you're, you hit the wall, nobody's really looking at you when the, your market value has gone down since you has gone way down since you started school. Again, you're old, you gained some weight, you settled into your career. Now that you're a little bit old, a little bit more portly and you're a little bit older, nobody no man who has the resources to take you traveling and do the things that you're asking him to do. No man that could do that is looking at you when they can look at somebody again who's a little younger, a little thinner, maybe a little hotter, maybe doesn't have the mentality. Maybe doesn't mind him not being a Christian. But you understand what I'm saying there. This is why Mary has this profile of Match.com. This is exactly why. It just doesn't get more than that. Let's see. How much time do I have? A little bit. Uh, this is B. Let's see. B is 46 from Seattle. Let's see if I can open up B's profile. B is 46 from Seattle. And let's see. More like the – oh, more people like this. Uh, back to yesterday. Beach or mountains? This is the district conversation. Beach or mountains? She says desert because I'm both. I'm a both and kind of gal. Most deserts I've been to, like most deserts I've been in, have mountains and plenty of beachy sand. Just lacking the water. I don't know what that means, but okay. Let's see. Their summary. Just exploring the corners of the country, traveling. I was born on the corner of Texas. The corner Texas has a lot of corners, the big ass state. Uh, went to school in the corner of the country that all clouds go to die and live in the corner of the country that does not know what a cloudless day looks like. Um, I guess she's talking about living in California and moving to Washington. I don't know. Please, ladies, please keep this simple. We're not trying to decipher hieroglyphics just to try to read your profile. <laughs> like, honestly, if you want to be a poet, then build a basic profile and then. Tell the guy that you that you write poetry and then send him a sample, email him a sample of your poetry. Don't be all poetic in your damn profile because men aren't trying to decipher the poetry just to read your profile. Just, it's it's dumb. It's it's not it's just not something that you want to do. And it says, "I'm hyper educated nerd." Please keep that out of your profile. I'm a hyper educated nerd who has the degree again, lady. Geez. And I get it. Black women need to you need to touch your accomplishments for whatever reason. 
and men don't care about the accomplishments. We don't care that you've got a bunch of degrees. We we'd wipe up a barista who dropped out of no, we wouldn't drop him. Not who dropped out of high school, but I had a conversation with a friend of mine on Facebook, and I told her I said we would marry. Our first preference wouldn't be somebody who couldn't beat a box of who couldn't beat a box of rocks in spelling bee, but given if she's given that she's fit, friendly, and feminine, we'll take her. It's not our first choice, but we'll take her over somebody who tells that they have a bunch of degrees yet her profile is a bunch of hieroglyphics. This is just how it is. And so, again, now I understand why she's unmatched. Again, she has this profile with a big afro and a face mask on, and that's very off-putting to a lot of provider protector men. So just her just her pictures. And if I scroll through her pictures, she has that one. That one is way too colorful. You can't even see her. Like, I don't know what, what enticed her to put this picture up, but between the stripes on her clothes and the multicolored background and the striped headgear that she has on and the fact that her the shirt the overshirt that she has almost matches the, the bench that she's sitting on, you can't see her. It's, a, it's not a good picture. This picture again she has a mask on. Not good. Not good. This picture again she tells she's an older woman. She's and her hair is not really no. And then again this one She's got this mirror selfie. Looks like in the bathroom. Stop with the bathroom selfies. This one, her in a bathtub with no. Okay, I get it now. I get it. I get it. Um, so I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read the rest of this. It's because it's damn. It's a damn near a novel, and I don't have that much time. I have like ten minutes, so I'm not going to spend the rest of my time. But women, black women, you have a you have a problem with doing. You have this is your problem with these dating sites. You either, A, are so lazy that you don't even bother with a bio or anything like that, or you feel the need to tout every accomplishment ever in your lifetime when men don't really care about it. And as a matter of fact, the more you divulge, the more the less interested men are in you. Because men, especially men who are worth their salt, who are provider protectors, and even the men who do make six figures that are provider protectors that you are looking for, those men, the more they see that you accomplish as far as education and career, the less they're interested in you. You're not, you're definitely not, not with this bio, because you say, you cook, you cook great non-recipe meals from what you grow, sometimes even clean the dishes too. Dumb. Just don't put that in there. I'm good, I'm into good drinks, bourbon, the occasional mule, honey with cherries. Again, it smacks of alcoholism. Dumb. Don't put that in there. I don't smoke anything. I live on the West Coast and my 420 friendly within reason. You say you don't smoke anything, then you say you're 420 friendly within reason. No, don't put that in there. Talking in circles. I'm shy and introverted, even though all of my jobs require dumb. Don't put that in there because the more jobs you say you have, the less the less the higher earning provider protector man is going to be into you. Then you say when you don't have the kids, again, single mom. <laughs> I'm done with this. I am so done. I'm so done. Let's see. Looking. That woman's delusional. She thinks that any kind of freaking, any kind of provider protector man will even spend the time to go over that damn profile, except for if it's for content. Like yours truly. Uh, this is looking. She's 55 from Seattle. So she's 
at a bad age, but she's divorced. She's five six, average body, doesn't have kids. She's divorced. She doesn't have kids. She's never had kids in marriage. But hey, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even trying to be that right. Um, says right now. Right now, I'm reading brief. Okay, book. Um, there's summary. Life is an adventure. Looking for someone to explore with me. I'm happy and healthy. Have a wonderful family and great friends. I've done some traveling and have seen some wonderful places. Traveling again. Stop the traveling. I get, I get it. But you said you're, you've done traveling and you're not asking for somebody to go traveling with. So that's a good thing, actually. Oh wait, no, I'm looking forward to traveling more in the future. Forget I said that. They <laughs> tend to have on the books something to look forward to. Okay, again, she's looking for somebody to pay for her traveling, probably because she's tired of paying for her own traveling, so she needs somebody to pick up that bill. I consider myself an upbeat and a positive person, a girl with quick wit and great sense of humor. That's for the man to decide, not you. Um, affectionate, intelligent, and romantic. Again, man to decide, not you. Especially when you say you're intelligent. That's really for somebody else to decide, because I can say I'm intelligent all day long. It doesn't mean I can beat a box of rocks in a spelling bee. Okay? Other people... Other people will, will determine if I'm intelligent or not just by their reaction and their conversations with me. So, again, don't put that. It just sounds like you're beating your own drum. You're tooting your own horn. So, again, they, and when you come across, when men come across that profile, it just comes across as arrogant. Um, I enjoy evenings out for dinner or just staying in and enjoying a movie. I love a man who is warm, caring, thoughtful, funny, adventurous, and easygoing. Okay, you want you in a man's form. Not going to happen. Someone who is down to earth and comfortable with themselves, looking for someone who is affectionate, sensual, and a bit of a romantic himself. Again, you're looking for yourself in a man's body. Not going to happen. I would like to meet someone to develop a relationship to start sharing all of the great things life has to offer. It doesn't really say much. Um, but again, you're looking for a provider protector who is you and who is you. In a male body, not going to happen. You have all these demands. You're 55 years old, right? You're 55. You're divorced. You don't have any kids, but you're divorced. You're 55. Your sexual market value, you passed the wall, so your sexual market value is probably hovering in the low 40s somewhere, high 30s, low 40s. And let's see. First of all, let's, let's see more about them. Divorce. Doesn't have kids. I'll tell you later if I want kids. Whatever. I'll tell you later if I have a degree. Whatever. Average, five stakes, never smoke, moderately drink, spiritual but not religious. Lady, you have nothing going for you. And there's nothing that a provider, protector man will see in this profile that makes you want to click it. That is just the reality of it. What else more can I say? One more. Uh, let's go back. This is Dana. She's a black woman, 43, from Seattle. She's never married. 43, never married. Uh, she's five foot seven, a few extra pounds. So I don't get a few extra pounds. What is a few extra pounds? I went on dates before I got with my girlfriend, and I was doing the dating thing. I went on dates, and a couple of the girls that I went on dates with, they had a few extra pounds, and they ended up being north of three, north of three bills. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, what's a few extra pounds here? Um, doesn't have kids. Okay, let's click on her. But for fun, I like to discover new places to eat. So a few extra pounds, you like to discover new places to eat. Let's see your pictures. You, okay, here's the deal. Guys, first of all, you're on these dating apps, right? There's, there are literally three things you need to look for. One, 
does she say she's curvy or does she say she's curvy? Something like she's curvy and she's a few extra pounds. That's number one. Number two, look at her pictures. All right. The type of pictures you need to be looking for is one with only a close-up head, close-up head to face shot. Or if she does have the nurse to show her, show her shoulders, look and see if you can see her clavicles. If you can't see her clavicles, she's big. Now I get it. There's a market for big. I always say there's a market for bigger women. There is. It's small, but it's there. All right. However, um, if you're not into, if you don't want to date a bigger woman, then in order to avoid dating a bigger woman, look at look at these three things. Number one, does she say she's a few extra pounds or she's curvy? And then if if yes, look at the picture. Can you see her clavicles? If no, she's. I mean, if you can't see her clavicles, that means she's a bigger woman. And then look for. Look for references to food in her profile because she'll say she likes to go out to eat, she likes to eat, she likes to cook, whatever. That is another indicative sign of her weight. So if you're not into bigger, I get it. There, there is a market for overweight women. I'm not bashing that. It's small, but it's there. And if that's your thing, that's your thing. If it's not your thing, look at those three. Look at those three things, and that's going to save you a lot of headache from getting from getting with that bigger woman. That's all I'm saying. Their summary. I'm an introvert person. I mean, she she stays home and eats. Uh, that enjoys the simple pleasures of life. I could be discovering new restaurants again, reference to food right off the bat. Enjoying enjoying family, watching or going to a movie, getting some coffee or tea, or just just a few examples. This is a woman who sits home and eats. Men, if you don't want to deal with that, then you understand. This is that's what this is, lady. Literally nothing out there for you. You're 43, you're divorced, you're big, all you do is sit home and eat, but you expect to find a man to do what again? Thanks for listening. I'm ABC. Thanks for listening. Um, There may not – I don't think I'm going to do a show on Monday, and the reason why is because I have to go to Tequila, and I don't know how long I'm going to be there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to forego Monday's show, and we're just going to go right into Tuesday. I no, you know what? No, actually, yeah. So what I'm going to do is let's do a one-hour show tomorrow. No, because I don't. There's there's just things I got to do tomorrow, and if my if my kids are around, if my girlfriend, my son, my daughter's coming back tomorrow, she's with her mom. So if that's done, then I won't be able to record. Um. Okay. So let's let's do this. Let's make a show. Let's make a show for tomorrow afternoon. Let's do it for 12. Let's set a show for tomorrow at 12. Let's do that. 12 a.m., 12 p.m. Pacific, 12 to 1. Come back, and it's going to be it's going to be the ABC podcast on Block Talk Radio. We're going to do it at 12, 12 p.m. to 1 Pacific. I'll put it on my Facebook, um, and that's just going to be it. And then Tuesday, Tuesday through the rest of Friday, depending on what happens this week, plan for after the rest of the week to be at the normal time, 11. Thanks for listening. If you find yourself on Facebook, search the ABC podcast. I put up, again, I put up that new page. I have one follower. I mean, I have two followers and one like. So, hey, I'm off to a good start. Um, Go ahead and find that page. I post post the shows to that page. I also post my thoughts. So there's a lot of posts going to that page. Um, So go go ahead and follow it. I'm also on X, formerly known as Twitter. I don't really do much there. I'm going to start doing more. I'll tell this. <laughs> but once I 
dig out the password. I might have to just file for a new password, but that's that's fine. That's whatever. And I'm also on True Social, so I put out. But most of my True Social things are like political and you know, so it's faster cup of tea, faster cup of tea. Also on my TikTok now, I put up a couple of videos. I'm gonna and what I'm gonna do is I have Rumble as a fallback, but I'm gonna start posting like little little tips and stuff. Little one-minute clips of things I have to say on TikTok. So follow me on TikTok there. I think I'm at or jesse.ramsey.abc on TikTok or something like that. So look for me there. So that's it. Thanks for um, thanks for listening. We'll be again Sunday. I mean again Mondays will be a special time. We're gonna push it back an hour. 12 p.m. 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's gonna be it's going to be the normal show. Um, Oh, okay, whatever. We're going to do that. Okay, this, this is how it's going to go. Okay, well, that's it. Thanks for listening. I'm